for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Hi everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Ace Light Podcast. That's advice, sex, love, understanding and trust. We talk about everything that there is to talk about, really. Uh, like I said, there's advice there. Uh, there'll be a Q&A session coming up, uh, especially around sex and love. We talk about kink, we talk about polyamory, we talk about swinging, we talk about all of that kind of stuff, which makes it quite interesting, quite fun. And I hope that I'm entertaining to you guys as well. I don't really want it not be. Welcome to all of those that are new listening to this. Welcome to all of those. Welcome back to all of those that have uh, been a part of this from the beginning or whenever you've entered. You just a reminder to you guys as well that you can contact me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at the A Slut Podcast. You can also email through to the A Slut Podcast at gmail.com. This week's episode, we talk to one of the most beautiful people I know, both inside and out. They are beautiful, by the way. Uh, her name is Shan Gilmore. She is polyamorous, relatively newly polyamorous as well. Uh, she's also kinky, which is which is a great chat. And our discussion sort of goes all over the place this week. It starts off with, with polyamory, but we keep going off on, on tangents all over the place. So it's a wee bit... We bit here and there and, and harem scarem, but I think it was a really entertaining one. There's a lot of innuendo involved, um, which apparently we're both we're the king and queen of, it would seem, uh, along with a couple of, of puns and whatnot in there as well. But really, really good chat. Really, really great to sit down with Shen. We had been trying to do it for a fair while. Uh, it's finally finally come off, which I'm which I'm really really stoked about. And yeah, I really hope that that you guys enjoy it that you have a lot of fun listening to this conversation, because I really enjoyed it as well. Um, we have a few things coming up the next episode uh, next week, and um, it should be a lot of fun with that one. It will be with C from Swinging Down Under. So that's one half of the podcast, Swinging Down Under. Who, If you remember, I was on their podcast a few weeks ago, and we have a really good chat as well. And that one went a bit all over the place because she was in Philippines and made it a wee bit interesting for the internet and everything like that. But it was a lot of fun, so we've got that coming up. We've got my Q&A, which I, I know I've been saying for a fair while now is coming up, but it is coming up. I do promise you that. It's not too far away as well. Um, I've been very, very busy trying to record everything else. And that one's not been to the forefront of, of what I've been needing and what I've been doing. So that's all right. That will be on its way soon. And I'm going to stop talking now. Um, I'm going to let you guys listen to, to Shan and I talk about all manner of things. It is a long podcast. I do understand that. But it is, uh, I think it's a very, very good one. So please do enjoy. Take my hand the flame. I talk to you. I'm a slave to your Suck up a pain, I got the squad tatted on me from my neck to my ankles I'm pushing from the man, got us all in rebellion We gon' go to war, yeah, without failure Do it for the fam, dawg, ten toes down, dawg Love and the loyalty, that's what we stand for Alienated by society All this pressure give me anxiety 
Walk slow through the fire Like who gon' try us Feeling the world go against us So we put the world on our shoulders Okay, so a very, very big welcome to the podcast to Shan Gilmore. How are you, Shan? Doing good, thanks, Simon. Good, good. Now, this is this is an interesting, uh, different one for me because obviously I'm not at my house this time. I've gone, I've come to Shan's house to do this podcast. Uh, her car had stuffed out, and I finished work just down the road. So we thought, hey, this will work. Why don't we do this instead? And we've been, we've been trying to to get this episode up for a fair while. There's been about three or four times where we've We've postponed it yeah. and, and postponed it, and then um, and then the the whole car thing came up. I was like, no, no, we're not postponing this again. We're yeah. going to we're going to do this. Um, so yeah, that was cool. Um, first of all, tell us a little bit about you, about yourself. Most people don't like talking about themselves, but oh no, I don't mind. Good. <laughs> uh, I suppose um, yeah, I'm late twenties, originally born in South Africa. Um, and did a, did a master's in environmental ecology and total nerd, love for games, Star Trek versus Star Wars, Paul Schick is both. <laughs> <laughs> and a huge Harry Potter nerd. Yes. Yeah. And she drinks from a Slytherin mug. <laughs> cool. And you're polyamorous, right? I am polyamorous. Yeah. So, Very happily polyamorous. Okay. So that's where we're going to start this thing off. Awesome. Because you're only... Re- relatively new to polyamory, aren't you? Totally, yeah. I've only been able to start actively exploring it mm-hmm. over the last six months. Okay, and that, and that's really cool that you've you've come out and started to explore it. Mm. Um, because it is a it is a wide, wonderful, wacky world um, of polyamory. So to to step into that was it sort of an eye opener for you? Um, it's hard to say because it kind of feels like, particularly because. Um, I realized that I was polyamorous in, I think, 2015, 2014, I forget, yeah. and was in a serious monogamous relationship at the time. Right. So I was, uh, exposed to polyamory by Miss mm-hmm. Becky. Mm-hmm. Who's been on this club before? Yes, Um, and so I was already, I already had a bit of a peek into the whole world mm-hmm. through her and through her experiences and late night chats with uh, far too much substances. And, uh, <laughs> was it too much though? Definitely not. It just felt, <laughs> it felt, to be honest, like for me, polyamory feels as natural as breathing. Mm. Like, and, uh, I, I like the word you use there, natural, mm. because... I feel it's against human nature to be monogamous, to be with one person for, oh. for, your, for your entire life. We're, at, at our core, we are animals, right? Yeah. And the the way that the animal world works is you procreate, you breed, you procreate, and it's ne- and quite often within within nature's world, it's not um, it's not a monogamous situation in in the animal world in the animal mm. kingdom. Quite often you'll see, if you think of a pride of lions, for, for example, there's one 
it's very uncommon for animals to be in any sort of pair bond for any length of time. Like yeah. Albatross are some of the few birds that will be in a pair bond. Yeah, I think there's a uh, kind of duck that does as well. Yeah, but, but it's it's more it's, common to be all over the place. Exactly, yeah. and and that's where I see. Mm. I won't say polyamorous. I guess I'll say non-monogamous. Yeah, yeah. For me personally, I would say that there are some people that are happier, or like or like significantly happier in monogamy. Like, but is like, that because it's been no, they've been nurtured that way, or is it because it's human nature? I don't it's know. I kind of nurture argument. Yeah, no, I totally get where you're coming from. And personally, I don't feel that it matters. Mm. You know, like yeah. nature or nurture, it's still part of your core foundation, yeah. whether it's being handed down to you physically by your parents or verbally. Very true. Yeah. Very true. So, um, you know, the, the, the reason I ask nature yeah. versus nurture is because we just talked about the animal kingdom, yeah. and nature, and, and totally. human nature is to be. And I do feel like probably I do not feel that there's anything in our genetics. Mm-hmm. That would say monogamy or polyamory, um, but I would say that it makes more his like historically we've been more non-monogamous, mm-hmm. and like it feels like monogamy is something that has become very cemented in our society and culture mm-hmm. only in the last two hundred years. No, yeah, so it's so new, and people are like it's been around forever. I'm like, no, 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 no. It, it's, well, I've never teach you. She had a lot of things. <laughs> and it, it's part of how how much more progressive people are being. And, you know, the hundreds of, or how many, how many of the podcasts like mine that have these conversations that make it more normal. And I heard it being called, I heard it the other day on another podcast that polyamory is popular at the moment. Oh, yeah. And that, that actually kind of hmm. irked me the wrong way. Oh, really? Oh, like as in like it's like, like the it's new a fad. trend. Yeah, like it's yeah. a trend. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. you know, being, me being polyamorous for four-ish years or so, yeah. Yeah, four or five years, yeah. and they're going, it's not a goddamn trend. Yeah, it's like a polyamory is not a phase, being monogamous for Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, that sort of threw me a little bit and it got me a little bit upset. But, oh. uh, I, I, I politely sent them a message like, that makes it sound like a fatty, sure. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Maybe, it, yeah, I kind of take it as like polyamory is becoming more acceptable and understood. Yeah. I, I hope it's happening. <laughs> so you figured out you're poly a wee while back. You're in a monogamous relationship. You learned about poly through Becky. Yeah. Who obviously both know um, very, very well and yeah. love very much like yeah. Um the the question that I have coming from that is is around the transition. Mm-hmm. Um because I know and people listening obviously won't, polyamory was a source of contention in your life. Yeah. It, relationship, right? it caused a huge amount of pain and distress mm-hmm. for both of us. Unfortunately he was is very strongly monogamous, like right. serial monogamous, almost in my perception to an unhealthy, mm-hmm. to the point where he didn't feel like I could love him because I was polyamorous, even if I was consensually or uh, uh, like uh, choosing to be in a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. with him. No matter what I did, he felt that he, he felt like uh, he didn't feel love from me even. I go to the ends of the earth and mm. it was a and, and that that'd be really difficult to hear <coughs> um, on your side 
Yeah. And this yeah. person that you've obviously got really, really deep feelings for, so they go, I don't think you love me. Yep. Yeah, because, I was because ready. Because you could yeah. be with others. I was ready to have a life partnership with him, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, but then also the, I would have overwhelming moments where I would think about being monogamous for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and squashing this part, this inherent part of myself down yeah. and being with someone who hated a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly distressing. The number of times I would like, like, just like be in the shower and just have a good cry mm. about it. Which, it was, which really sucks. It's not, yeah. it's not a nice way to live. No. To just break down every so often. Um, Particularly like, over something that felt so natural and mm. loving and beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this, so that happened. You realised that you were. Polyamorous in 2008. Yeah. So was the relationship you were in then, was that the same one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so so I, I guess my question here, um, for lack of a better term, why did it take so long to, to go into full polyamory, to have the discussions around that? Yeah. You, you mm-hmm. get what I mean? <coughs> like, is it like, so. So it took, my it took about two, three years. Yeah, so my monogamous partner and I were together for about 18 months when mm-hmm. I was like, yes, I definitely am polyamorous and told them about that. Um, and then two and a half years later, we finally ended. Yeah. Um, so that, that's quite a long time. It is, yeah. So part of it was because I was doing my thesis at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and there wasn't any room in you my, should. in Absolutely. my life to explore that. And I thought that I could be polyamorous and live a monogamous. Right. I thought that I could make that work. So I was reading The Ethical Slut and yep. Modern Two and, um, doing my research, so yeah. the scientific society was like, well, <laughs> if I can't participate it, it, to participate in it in the way that I want to, I'm at least I can, learn about it. yeah, at least I can have part of it in my life. But my partner was so opposed to it that I would, I would, I didn't tell him that I was reading the ethical for a long time. Right. I would only, I would have it at my office at uni. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had it at home. I would hide it from him. He knew I was reading it, but he wasn't even comfortable seeing the book. Wow. Um, and I eventually asked him uh, at the beginning of last year, 2017, that if by the end of the year he wasn't able, if he wasn't able to read the like page in the ethical slot about from the perspective of a monogamous person being exposed to polyamory from their partner. Mm. If he couldn't read those like 500 words, then I didn't think that we would be able to make it. Yeah. I didn't need him to be polyamorous with me, I needed him to accept this part of me and he wasn't mm-hmm. able to do that. So that was kind of the turning point where like we are finally going to have to give up on this. Mm-hmm. But even then I was willing to sort of counseling with him. Right? And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so eventually he was the one that ended it. And I'm glad that he did because I am so much happier. Yeah. Being, being able to be you. Yeah, and I didn't realize how unhappy I was. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how much monogamy was psychic. Yeah. Yeah. I think I found that as well. Yeah. Because um, I found the polyamory thing through Kink. Oh, yeah. Because here, where we live in Christchurch, it's, they're very much intrinsically linked. With they are. We're all basically just a bunch of sluts who like to Yo. get it on, which is <laughs> fantastic. Beautiful, got um, beautiful community. In, in saying which, I haven't done a lot in the Kingston recently. Uh, just I don't have time. Yeah. I work two jobs and I do this podcast, and it 
it's all very, very rewarding. The podcast especially is hugely rewarding, which is why I do it. Um, but the, the work thing does take its toll, and it does get in the way of, of what I want to do with the team scene. Yeah. I'll be cutting back a wee bit soon, so hopefully I'll be able to get back okay. involved and, and go to some parties and mm-hmm. beat some people up again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and potentially get beaten up, and depending on, on who the other person is. Yeah. And that's something, and I've, I've said this a few times, a lot of people in the in the scene here don't, they, they think that I'm just a dominant because that's how I portray myself. Yeah, I definitely that's, do. And people who've seen me play have only seen me in a topping sense or a dominant sense. They yeah. see me on a bottoming side or, or a similar side. But that's because I'm so freaking choosy yeah. if I'm bottoming to someone mm-hmm. or something to someone. They, yeah. have, they have to suit me and I, I, and totally I have to suit them. I'm, I'm the just same. Just I will much, much more happily uh, top someone than mm. bottom to someone. Yeah, and part, part of the other part of that is knowing the dominant side so well. As, I won't say I know everything because you never know everything. But yeah. <laughs> I've been dominant or a top for a fair amount of time. I know mm. the ins and outs of them and, yeah. and expectations. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Here I am trying to have a serious conversation. What? I know. <laughs> and she's all gone red now as well. And she's. Oh no! Damn. How cute. Go Yeah. So knowing that side of things, I have quite high expectations as a sub yeah. or as a bottom because I know yeah. on the other side what needs to be done. Yeah. See, it's interesting for me because I've had. I've had so little opportunity to explore my kinkiness because, mm-hmm. yeah, this person that I was with. Um, were they vanilla as well as my? They were as well? no, they were. They considered themselves kinky, but really they were like chocolate chip. Right. Or vanilla with a bit of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then there's me on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, and and I'm like I'm I'm super kinky. I love mm-hmm. they're like like kinky sex is the best sex like. <laughs> Ah, this is it. We we talked about this just before we got on the air around mm. kink and sex. And yeah, I said something to you that surprised you. Yes. What was it? Uh, Can you remember? It was yes, only twenty yes, minutes ago. Yes, yes, I do. But uh, that you had enjoyed being paid and that you haven't in a while. Not where right. I was going. Oh. Where I was going with this is <laughs> sex and kink are two separate things. Oh right. Oh yes. No. No. That. Oh no. That didn't surprise me. I knew. Yeah. No. I totally understand. That. Yeah. Oh, you, you, yeah. you seemed like you had a surprise look on your face. Oh, I suppose it's that you seem like a very a, sexual person. Yeah, it's like a very sexual person. I am, but I'm not at the same time. Yeah. The the sexual person in me is more around intimacy mm. and closeness with another person than, oh, act, yeah. than the actual act of sex. But for me, there's nothing, oh, there's probably only one thing for me that's more intimate and more sexy than leaning in for that for that kiss and you're that far away, you know, yeah. you're a couple of centimetres away from that. Yeah. Just that anticipation. Yes, that's beautiful. That's, that, that's, that's one of the best moments. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to me saying I'm not a sexual, I am, but not but, in the penetrative sense. So it's like you, yeah, it's not over stereotypical. Yeah, kind of. exactly. Yeah. I love getting my partner off. I will do that as yeah. much as I can. Yeah, I can totally. And it's not penetrative. Yeah. It's one of the things, so one of the books that I love, mm-hmm. and I just want everyone to read, 
is Come As You Are by Emily McCartney. Now, we've talked about this yes. last time I was in this house. Yes. You and came and shoved it in my face. I did, yeah. No, I'll <laughs> shove it in your face whenever you want. And, and this, was during, <laughs> this, this was during a Q&A session of which I'm actually pulling questions from for my Q&A podcast, <laughs> which is, is coming. And I remember thinking at the time, damn it, I should have my microphone and stuff here so I can record this Q&A. <laughs> it, was, it, basically, it was a poly meetup and I ended up doing basically an interview. Yeah. Really, and that's where that came up. But yes, sorry, I digress. Oh, One of the books yeah. you really want people to read is Come As You Are. Like yeah, yeah. So for me, like I, um, like there's there is an assumption that men and women are able uh, will experience um, sexuality and sexual pleasure and sexual excitation mm-hmm. in very similar ways. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, there's something called sexual non-concordance, where essentially um, uh, men, it's the overlap between wanting sex and being sexually aroused. Mm-hmm. So most, like 90% of the time, if a guy is hard, he wants to have sex. Mm-hmm. 10% of the time, he isn't. So morning glory, mm-hmm. most of you are just like, what are you doing? I, oh. Every morning. <laughs> and, and yeah. That, that, that kills me because I'm like, okay, cool, morning, well, let's, and no. Yeah, because it's it's your body is just it's not sexual. Yeah, exactly. So it's just it's your body. Life. Yeah, and it's your body responding to a sexual um, indicator. Mm. So it's physical, not mental. And I talked about this um, with with Price as well, mm-hmm. who who's been on here, so it's fine. I can use his name. Mm-hmm. And it was I think the word he used was sexual disconnection. Yeah, I think. It might be because Price and I have been chatting about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and we talk about that with with women that they're wet but they don't want sex. Yes, totally. And and this and yeah. this was in a in a consent based mm. conversation. Yep. Yeah. So one of the things Emily Nagoski talks about, and she's done a huge amount of research around this. She's mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, you don't write a book about research. Yeah, but it's also like her like PhD. So she's yeah. done like this like. Yeah. Anyway, and um, there are a number of cases where a person will experience orgasm during rape, mm-hmm. and that is often in the past being used as well. It wasn't rape if you can. Yeah. And that is complete bullshit. Um, really? I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is. Yeah, yeah, because it is it is a physical response. So for me, in terms of the the kink side of things. Um, it has taken me a long time to be comfortable saying and very firmly saying to someone, I do not need to come for us to experience a good time. Yeah. If I don't come, it doesn't mean that I haven't enjoyed what we've done. Mm-hmm. Don't get your ego all up in this business. Yeah. Um, it actually has nothing to do with you. Um, okay. So I will get, sorry, so I will experience a release from someone else's release. Yeah. So in that. I think that's why a lot of people well, I won't say a lot of people, but people enjoyed playing with me because there was zero expectation of anything actually sexual. Oh, cool. I've still, yeah. I've still released endorphins. I've still, you know, really enjoyed what's happened um, with the scenes that I've done, and some of them have been absolutely fantastic scenes. Um, I think I've spoken to you about my plans for the Opera one before, have I? I was there yeah. for one of, for one at a play party. Was it out of Christchurch or was it? Out of Christchurch, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was one of my like 
Holy poop! I like <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people thought about that night as well. But yeah. coming back to the conversation we're having, mm -hmm. there was no, there was really nothing sexual involved with that. There's the closest thing to anything sexual that happened in that scene was basically just a rubbing. Yeah. Like a massage kind of rubbing yeah. sort of thing. And I think the person I was playing with. Yeah, and that me is was a, a, a true realization that um that yeah. Um and that was and that was wonderful for me because it meant that I could oh, experience yeah. it. I made I made someone learn something. Yes, you totally <laughs> did, yeah. Um it, it just made me feel that much more comfortable to play and experience without this need to bring someone to any sort of conclusion, as yeah. it were. Well, there's always going to be a conclusion. Oh, like, oh, sorry, I mean by conclusion. You mean Inferring an orgasm. Yeah. But, yeah, like, like that conclusion doesn't have to be so, the, the physical be response of coming. <laughs> it can be, yeah, that mental release. So, like, yeah. orgasm can come in, and this is also in comes you are, uh, it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. It can result in ejaculation for yeah. male or female. It can be just that sexual release. So I'll mm -hmm. often experience a sexual release when my partner orgasms. Right. Of just this like, I don't need an orgasm, you've done it for both of us. Oh bliss. Empathy. <laughs> That's empathy. Yeah. Um, and I had this conversation as well where people get empathy and sympathy mixed up. Empathy oh. is feeling what other people feel. Yeah. Sympathy is feeling sorry for them. Yeah, I didn't realize it so you can, mixed up. Yeah. Oh. So Obviously, empathy is you've just come. That makes me feel amazing. That make that's my release. Yeah. And that's basically what you're saying here, really, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. We, we sort of rushed through all of this. This was we, no, we rewind, rewind back to where we were actually talking about <laughs> yeah, when it came sure. to um, transitioning to poly. Mm, and, oh, and yeah. you had this big two and a half years, and you finally mm. get this ultimatum of. If you don't read at least this chapter about being monogamous in a polyamorous couple, and he and, yeah. then, and then he ended it from that point. Obviously, you you grieve, you mourn a little bit because you know that's a big part of your life that's just flipped on its head, right? Yeah. What happens from there for you? Hmm. What for happened? Me, what did happen? Uh, Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think from there. I started to rebuild myself. Right. So one of the things that happens in monogamy for me, and I've experienced a difference between monogamy and polyamory in this sense, um, <coughs> is that I no longer feel like I need to be everything that my partner desires. Um, and that freedom that comes from that, um, to be wholly myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I focused on me. Mm -hmm. I started to rebuild who Shannon was mm -hmm. um, and who my and what I what I wanted, and that I am the most important person in my life. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, uh, I'll often when I'm brushing my teeth stand in front of the mirror and be like, "Hi, five to my best friend," and press my hand against <laughs> the mirror. Awesome. Like, <laughs> and and self-love and learning to love yourself yes yeah it's such a massive thing because i mean everybody goes through phases where they don't you're never going to totally always right. love yourself i've yeah. recently for the last sort of month month and a half ish even since i mean you saw me with the midwinter christmas thing mm -hmm. and we had a quick sort of 
things are shit yeah. <laughs> at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's been me for the last sort of month, two months now. Yeah. But underneath it all, I do like myself. Yeah. It's I do still love myself, yeah. but my brain's telling me at the moment, I don't. Mm. If you know what I mean? Like there are. So the, there's a subconscious part of it that's just sort of niggling at you, almost like anxiety does. Mm. You know, it sits there and goes, you're stuffed up with that today because that's... Mm, it's a little judge. Mm. On your shoulder. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that's a good one. Mm. So Emily Nagoski. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. You're obsessed. <laughs> I am. But it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, because I've okay. been trying to find this book that you're talking about. Come oh. as you are. I yeah. haven't found it yet. Oh, it's in the library and I plan to buy my own copy uh, so I, then I can learn it. I'll out. only buy my own copy. Oh. I'm real... Well, then yeah, I shall send you the link oh, okay. to where, where to buy it from. And, th- and then you're going to steal it from me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Borrow <laughs> it from me. Um, but no, that that's definitely on, on my plan for that. So, yeah, you were rebuilding yourself. Yes. Um, Tinder was a thing. So, yeah, were, were, you, so. were you becoming something of a, of a slut? Well, that was the aim. This right, is, this okay. Is, the year of the slut. Okay. No. Um, but and actually, actually just, just just before that, sorry, oh, to yeah. I just want to say that slut is not a derogatory term. Oh yeah. Sluts are fucking great terms. Yes. Yeah. I I am most definitely a slut in many many different forms, mm-hmm. and like people like to get it on. Yeah. That's it's as simple as that. It's also part of human nature to to go out and and fuck. Yeah. So. When somebody calls somebody a son, they go, yeah, they are, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I get this weird look back going, what? Yeah, my, my sluthood is me celebrating myself. Yeah, it's me, yeah. me owning my body and saying, mm. if I let you in, hell yeah, you should be fucking grateful. Yeah, let you in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, Tinder, slutty face. Yeah, so I started off, made a Tinder account with my cousin and one of my slutmates. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting there helping me do it. I and think I know your cousin too. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do indeed. <laughs> <coughs> um, and it was incredibly overwhelming. Mm. And I actually ended up having a panic attack in response to it. I'm genuinely not surprised. Mm. I, I really not, because I know how guys can be when it comes to Tinder. Yeah, well, I just immediately and got news and I was just like, oh, yeah. what? And, and part of that is because you are... You are an incredibly attractive woman as well, and which means that just multiplies the amount of that sort of stuff that you get. Yeah. But it was also hilarious because I got someone say, "I want to bend you over and spank you like a naughty avocado." <laughs> and I was like, "You should never spank yeah. avocados." No. <laughs> what? You see, as a person who is really not that kind of fan, oh. I'm fine. Oh, I love. Oh, okay, I don't know if we can be friends anymore, Simon. I love avocados. <laughs> but I did have sorry just on the Tinder yeah. point I had a fantastic moment recently because I have not as yet been on a Tinder date mm-hmm. um, and I'll I explain a Tinder that, yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> um, and I'll explain why in a, in a moment because mm-hmm. um, it does have quite to do with my sexuality right. um, but um, I was sitting with some mates and I was trying to find who who are the youngest people on Tinder you know, like, who are these people? So I set the age range to, like, the lowest it could possibly be. Which would have been, like, 18 to 20. Yes. Like <laughs> I was just, like, going through all of these. 
no offense, but children. <laughs> um, you know, go on a date, charge your mum babysitting money. Um, and um, there was this one guy who had a puppy in the photo, and I'd had a couple of mulled wines by this point, and had friends and if around me, and if someone went, nah, you definitely wouldn't do that, and you're like, fuck yeah, I will, just because you don't think I can, I'll do it. Um, so I messaged this one guy who had a puppy in his photo, just like, all cats, is that your puppy? Um, and then immediately the next person after that was, his photo was of him with a Kia, so mm-hmm. swipe, match, is that your Kia? And then he responded with like, no, I, they're endangered. I don't. I don't think you can own a Kia. And I was like, oh well, too bad. I match. <laughs> <laughs> so I enjoyed to know for the amusement side of it. But for me, I'm I'm I I'm also a sapiosexual yes. and possibly a bit demisexual, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So sapiosexual being um, attracted to intelligence. Yes. Yeah. The smarter someone is. Um, do you know? Do you know who it is for me? Mm-hmm. It's Professor Brian Cox. Oh, yes. Mm. Oh, for me, David Attenborough. Yeah. Um, a very good friend of mine. He used to be my street. lecturer as well. Well, you yeah. say very good friends. <laughs> I'm not trying. Well, he's probably know but like he's yeah, he's seventy. So, which is just like, well, how do you navigate that age difference? Easily. Hey, how about it? <laughs> Are you secretly 17 and you just a fantastic plastic booty? Oh, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um, but, no, I, I was saying that from your point of view. You walk oh. up and you go, hey, oh. let's, you know. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure they would. <laughs> you're thinking about it now, aren't you? Oh, no, I've thought about it a lot. So, anyway, but, um, mm. yeah, you're sapiosexual, which is attracted to intelligence. Yeah, and demisexual in the sense of, like, when I get to know someone, the more comfortable I am with being sexual with them. Mm. So, yeah. for me, Tinder, I just, I'm like, yeah, you're hot, but, or, like, well, I, I'm interested in you, like, you know, something funny in your profile or a cool photo, but I just don't want to do anything with mm. you. And, like... Having someone like my my Tinder my first Tinder foray that resulted in a panic attack was my cousin was essentially saying like you know like lol like just get him to send news just have him come over you know like jump back into the sounds like that oh, yeah definitely her, yeah. she would very happily be like right into the bedroom pool I'm done get out um, which I totally respect about her that's fantastic I wish that I could do that but for me I was like. I don't, I don't know this person. I, I need to, mm-hmm. and the thought of them turning up on my doorstep, and what if, and like, I'm probably not going to come with them. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be okay with that? Mm-hmm. So many people that I've been with, um, and this kind of leads into some of the abuse that I've experienced in the past, um, have not been okay with that. And it's grown a lot of unhealthy, toxic weeds in mm-hmm. my garden of sexuality that I've had to, very consciously yeah. through the weed. Here's, here's my question around that, though. Mm-hmm. Is the, these guys that didn't make you come, Yeah. were they asking what you liked? Did they find out about what it was that got you off on and what? No. And see, that, that's a yeah. huge thing for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always that, I'm, I'm that weird guy when I'm first sleeping with, especially when I'm first sleeping with, mm-hmm. or even, you know, a few times after that still. 
I'm asking questions. Yeah. Like in the yeah, middle of doing things. Well. In the middle of doing things. Because if you're both not going to enjoy it, what's the fucking point of doing yeah. it? Am I right? Yeah, totally. But there's this expectation that, um, uh, particularly, I, I've come across it particularly with no, men. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Particularly with men. <laughs> um, that there is this expectation that my dick is inside you, why are you not coming? And Maybe because you're not using it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, also that like, well, maybe the problem is that your dick is inside me. And like, yeah, I need you to be doing, a, like, you have multiple, like, many body parts that can give me pleasure. Mm-hmm. How about we have a bit of variety? Get, get that uh, tongue down there, boy. <laughs> yeah, and that was one of the things for me in my previous relationship um, oh. was that he did not enjoy oral and for me I've had you know there's there's so much negativity in the media about um, women's sexuality mm-hmm. inclusive of that you know the, the, you know do you enjoy fish tacos you know like they're smelly mm-hmm. and you know if they're hairy it's not good or oh, but like or like oh. depending on like how you shave and what does it look like and in porn we've got this assumption of what a vulva looks like mm-hmm. vulva being the ex- that the vagina is the internal passage and the vulva yeah. are the beautiful lips the and labia and oh mm-hmm. vaginas and vulvas yes so you're violent or pan i am pansexual yeah. um more pan than peter and twice as magical <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm also uh, gender non-binary. Okay. Gender queer, gender fluid. Yeah, but you yeah. go by she. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't really care what my pronouns. Call me she. Call me he. Call me they. When people mistake me for a man, I'm just like yes. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was one mistake. <laughs> um, where were we before we started on that? Completely uh, lost. Uh, about coming. Yes. So guys that you come across. Yeah. Um, And for me, like, and for many women, um, and in general, orgasm is something that happens more in the brain than it does in the genitalia. And for me, I definitely need to be mentally stimulated. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can come with a blank mind, but it is much more of a challenge. Yeah. no, so like, basically what you're saying is somebody needs to do some algebra on your tummy while they're doing you for you to come. You can't see it, listeners, <laughs> but I have an evil smile on my face. <laughs> and probably half the reason you asked me about that quilt on the wall during our Q&A as well. Yeah, well, you know, it's like my good, my good friends are, are, are nerdy. And, and I was my, disappointed in myself that I, that I didn't get all of it. I got two-thirds of You it. did, but most people don't. Most people are like, I, I'm not most people. Though. You're not most people. Though. I'm not most people. So that was horrendously frustrating. <laughs> what I'll add on to that is when I was a little bit younger, I was quite strange in that I wanted my partner to come more than anything else, mm-hmm. which can put undue pressure on. Yeah. And so my rule to myself, and I've spoken about this before, mm-hmm. is that a girl would come before my dick went inside. Ah, okay. I never told the girl that, but hmm. and I think that's an important distinction. That, no, that's definitely an important distinction. Yeah. There's too much pressure. Exactly, exactly. But the reason I did that is because I wanted to ensure 
that they were enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. That you know mm-hmm. that I was doing something right. There's nothing I hate more than a selfish lover. Yeah. Whether I'm saying whether whether somebody else, who cares? Mm-hmm. Selfish lovers is just not a good time for, for anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, except for them, I guess. Yeah. Um. So that was my thought process behind that, okay. and sort of just going through that, and going okay. Mm-hmm. And now I'll go. Yeah. Now I'll go inside. I'll yeah. put my dick in or, or whatever. Yeah. But this was kind of only when I started talking to, to girls while I was sleeping with them, mm-hmm. while, while we were going through these actions mm-hmm. and learning what they liked and how to get them off. Yeah, and it's encouraging that conversation because I feel like yeah. also when you ask someone a, what do you want mm-hmm. and do you like this, um, you're far more likely to get enthusiastic. Yes. Enthusiastic consent. Yeah. Uh, and the key word on that is enthusiastic. Yeah. It's holy. Oh, you can do it if you want. No. That is not yeah. concerned. Yeah, and that was, that was this is one of the things for me with this guy is that like I was I was working so hard on loving my pussy. Mm-hmm. Like I've got I've had so much negativity in my life around it and so much objectification. Mm-hmm. I had to work so hard to feel good about it and feel secure and feel safe and not feel self-conscious mm-hmm. that when he didn't want to go down on me or if he do it just because I wanted him to, that was just such a turn-off for me. Yeah. I was like, no, well, he, why he are should, you doing He should sit and want to please you and do whatever. Yeah, or just be like, you know, exactly. like, I don't, you know, like, and they, even like really having to dig it out of him mm-hmm. of like, why don't you want to do this? Yeah. In the end, one of the things was is that, oh, his knees got sore. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you know I can I can very easily get like a neck strain from giving you a blowjob, like, and I'll oh. still fucking enjoy it. But I will <laughs> ask you for a massage afterwards. <laughs> like, like, oh, sex is one of the best things ever. Mm. Love it, great. The massage thing's funny because I know how much you love them. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. Orgasm, massage, eh, take one or the other. Oh my. <laughs> so. What what you're telling me lends to you being more of you gain orgasm more from clitoral stimulation and penetration. Yeah, yeah and that, that's quite common as well. For, yeah, for, for women, yeah, I think. most most women and very few women come from. Yeah, and that, and that's the problem with most guys. Part of that is they don't they don't realise that girls are like that. Yeah, they don't understand, particularly because yeah, in porn, you know, porn has created a lot of false paradigms, mm-hmm. and it's really unfortunate because, like, in saying that, though, I love it. It depends I, on what point. But I understand what's happening. Yeah. Like, I don't sit there and go, "This is real." Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not a yeah. Yeah, I love like the my favorite weapon would be like cocky boys, um, and it's uh, all guys and very like consensual and you know, very obviously everyone's enjoying it mm-hmm. and. Yeah, so like, yeah, if I can, yeah, I, my, one of my biggest problems with porn is like the social welfare side of things. Yeah. I, I don't know if that person is there because this is what they love to do mm-hmm. or because this is the best way that they can feed their family or uh, support their addiction. I think with the, it's more professional than what it used to be with, yeah. with regard to that side of things. Mm-hmm. I think most of them, it's actually a choice. But of course, we don't know that for 
sure. Yeah, and there still is a lot of sex trafficking in the world, mm. you know, like, which it gets quite over. But hey, we've got Foster Sister, which will help with that. Have you heard about this? Sister no. Foster? No. It's the, the law in the US that they brought in to try and stop, uh, try and combat sex trafficking. Oh. Where websites that have everything around sex workers or anything like that, if something happens to that sex worker, sex worker they can be found liable oh. for it. Okay. So say somebody's up on Craigslist, for example, uh, as an escort. Yeah. And they get... They get assaulted or they get murdered or whatever. Oh, they can crazy. fall. They can fall back on Craigslist. Oh. So all of these, okay. all of these pages like Backpage and stuff like that have now been taken down. Oh. Um, because okay. the companies don't want to be found. Mm. Although, does that mean that then it goes more underground? That's the problem. Yeah. And they they put it under the guise of anti-sex trafficking. Yeah. Which I don't agree with, and a lot of people in the states don't agree with. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like, it's a move in the right direction, right? Like, we're starting to um, encourage those with the power to take responsibility, mm-hmm. but it needs to be done a different way. And um, mm-hmm. another book that you might enjoy is Half the Sky, which talks a lot about this as well. It's a big topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The, the issue that I have with it is that sex work is a legitimate, legitimate oh, job. Totally. Yeah. And this it can actually take away from a lot of girls getting new clientele or, yeah. or, or whatever. And, and in between. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've actually seen it in between before when I was in New York. Oh, gorgeous. Spilling curry all over yourself? Spilling cocaine. What? No, curry. Us? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Uh, it's not going to that. Cause, yeah. I'm an ex addict. I didn't have to know that. Sorry? Didn't expect it. Oh, really? Okay. Well done. Good job. Yeah, so there's something new for you. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's it can actually take away the livelihood of some of these girls, which yeah. is what concerns me with it. And I don't think it's... They put it under the guise of sex, sex trafficking, but I don't mm. think it's doing but stuff it's, like that really affects it so much. It's so hard to know what some of the intentions behind these things are because we have, there's so much negativity around sex and sex work yeah, that it can so. be a like, well, we don't want this anyway and people shouldn't be having sex before marriage, so I don't know, it, you know it, what it I just, mean. It like, just so happens that the government is rather right wing in America. Yeah. Rather white wing. Yeah, like, yeah. One way to put it, I <laughs> 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 Oh, I thought you were a fan of Trump. Oh, yeah, big, big, <laughs> big fan of him going to Mars, yes. Going <laughs> to Mars? But there's water on Mars now, haven't you heard? I know. He'll be able to survive. Uh, would he without his Twitter following? <laughs> no, he's a poor, misled man who, as uh, to quote the movie Hook, he's a very bad man and he needs a good mommy. There was, I remember there was a scene when he was running for office, mm. um, going around that I found hilarious actually. Yeah. It was, what if Trump just has a, uh, what was it, a humiliation kink and he's just doing it because his mistress tells him. Oh, oh my gosh! gosh. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> it almost seems that way though. With him, because yeah. some of the things he says, you just think that. You can't actually oh, think that, can you? Oh, yeah. 
It's a Melania Trump, it's actually. <laughs> on the DL. Yeah. Oh, the one in charge. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Okay. We, okay, so we, we should get back on We, we have digressed considerably <laughs> again. Um, we will get back onto, onto the topic of, of your ex. I think we've gone through that as much as we need to now. Yeah. So let's talk about you and your life. You so said you've got your master's in environmental <coughs> ecology, was it? Yeah. Um, so obviously you're very passionate about the environment and you're an activist when it comes to in, in ways. I remember not too long ago you were trying to tell us to get in on the carbon. Oh, um, uh, yes, the Zero Carbon, Zero carbon Act. Act. Yeah. Which I did, I put in my, my two cents. Thank you, much appreciated. Well, I'm a card carrying Greens member. Uh -huh. So I can't. I can't really call myself a Greens member if I don't put in. So have your like I've your worked with the Greens party as well. Have you? Mm. Oh really? In yep. what? Uh, policy. Oh, cool. Helping write policy. Awesome. I'm gonna have to talk to you about policy. I, I have a political science. Oh, Two thirds of political science. <laughs> cool. No, uh, yeah, so I was I'm doing that while I was there. I actually almost had a an internship with 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 I cannot remember his name for one minute. Okay. No. Another one. It used to be Christchurch. Um, uh, it starts with Jiva. I can't think of the name. Oh. Never mind. Anyway. I okay. <laughs> had an internship in Wellington. Uh, ah, cool. With, with them, which was, which was interesting. Mm. But. Didn't work out. Well, so. I couldn't do it unpaid. Ah, uh, yeah. Was the problem. I couldn't take six weeks of not earning any money. I didn't have the savings to cover that. Yeah. Was, was basically yeah. for that. We are slowly but surely getting better at treating our um, volunteers, or like our interns and, 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 and volunteers in the environment a little bit. This sage totally looks like weed. Does it? A little bit, like it was all like clumped up. I've now shaken it out. I was going to say, it doesn't look like it now. It no, it doesn't like look sage. like it now. But it was all clumped up. I was like, is this really sage sage? No, it is. So okay. that, that'll be really confusing for those listening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh. But this whole time. Shannon's been sitting here putting herbs and spices into into jars, um, just to keep her hands busy, which is kind of common when you're doing something like a podcast where you're sitting still, keeping busy with with something. Like my hands generally fly all over the place while I'm talking. Um, I'm a big fidgeter as well, so that's that's how that's happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got on stage. Yeah. So what when it comes to environmental activism. Mm -hmm. What do you get involved in? How do you get involved? What's your story around that? Yeah, so I have uh, volunteered for my entire adult life and into my teens. Like I started off uh, setting up an environmental club at Burnside High mm -hmm. and have been involved in a vast variety of organizations from 350.org to my, I'm currently most involved with Generation Zero. I've, I've worked for Greenpeace. I've, um, yeah, I've, um, that, that's my passion. Just as much as you can. Yeah, right? that's yeah. Like if I could, um, and hopefully I will soon. Job prospects, um, depending. Um, yeah, if I could work full time as an activist um, and be able to pay the bills. Yeah, and that's survive. What, yeah, and survive. That's exactly what I would do. Mm -hmm. Like, um, one of my uh, role models 
uh, you know, or like uh, people like Dave Attenborough, mm-hmm. um, Russell Norman, Bunny. Russell, was it Russell? It was Russell. Oh, whoa, you almost got an intro with Russell. Yeah. That's amazing. I was thinking Russell, but I was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know where G Russell. came from. Huh. But there we go. Anyway, yeah. sorry. My <laughs> whole moment. Um, yeah, so, uh, in fact, Becky and I were recently chained to a digger down in the Mackenzie Basin. Yep. Uh, I followed that quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a gigantic dairy farm. It's basically a super farm, really. It would be the largest, if it goes ahead, will be the largest dairy farm in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 15,000 cows on it. That's huge. Um, but there, yeah, so we shut down operations on that site where they were uh, putting in huge irrigation pipelines to take um, uh, water out of Lake Pukaki mm-hmm. um, to then irrigate this just everything about <laughs> the Mackenzie Basin is, I mean, the next most unsuitable place to have a dairy farm would be in the desert, mm-hmm. which they do um, all over the world. Yeah. Um, so you know, my passion is to uh, do my best to help, to do my part in helping runaway climate change, mm-hmm. to um, participate in Katiakatanga, um, but also on social uh, justice side of things, environmental justice, climate justice. Um, and one of the reasons why I most wanted to be on this podcast um, and is because I feel like it's incredibly important for the welfare of people around the world to be talking about sexual health and mm-hmm. wellness, um, that sort of thing. And one of the best ways that we can help runaway climate change is by educating our women, giving them the opportunities um, to have uh, agency over their own lives and bodies um, and around um, birth control and sexual health. Absolutely. So, so going into that and going into that sexual side of things again, yeah. when did you lose your virginity? I was 19. Ooh. Yeah, I had my first kiss when I was 18. Aww. Yeah. Um, very, very shy growing up. That's um, very different very to who you are now. I'm so shy, I just uh, do a better know. job of hiding it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, still have, still battle with low self-esteem. Um, that bit I'll never understand. Yeah, abusive father. Yeah. <laughs> and that's actually one, one, one of the reasons that we had to postpone one of these podcasts. Is, yeah. There's is an issue around your father. Yeah, he turns up and tries to force me to have a relationship with him. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. No, but let's not go too much into that. So you were yeah. 19. How did that happen? Uh, is it good? Is it a good experience or no? It was okay. Um, okay. I was with this, I'd been with this guy for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were, it was both, we both had our first kiss with each other. No. You know, it was first, all of us, first date with everything. Um, <coughs> um, and it ended up like that sort of stereotypical losing one's virginity of uh, penis into vagina was accidental. We were kind of. It just slipped. It did kind of slip. Like, you know, <laughs> we were like dry humping and, you know, like sort of toying with penis at entrance and it just slipped in. 
and then he ended up getting really angry with me that I allowed that to happen. Um, and it's a little bit rough. Yeah. Considering he, he was the one who's made. Yeah, and he was the one on pop as well, and yeah, yeah. Um, and having had uh, an abusive childhood, I apologized and felt really bad, and tried to make it up to him um, by like um, making trying to make our first time really special. Um, candles, rose petals, all that bullshit. Sounds um, adorable. Too, but yeah, it was pretty cute. <laughs> and like, um, our like my, I was with him for almost three years, um, and um, yeah, so the yeah. first time was fun. Yeah. It wasn't anything too. Yeah, there were no violence, no fireworks. Right? Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but mm-hmm. it wasn't amazing. Okay, and you had your first kiss when you were eighteen. Yeah. The next one sort of comes as part of that. Mm-hmm. Masturbation. Do you masturbate now? I do. You do? Yes. Obviously, you watch like, porn. You said. Yeah, yeah. I very rarely watch porn. It's more of like that. So I experience a lot of sexual non-concordance mm-hmm. and I find it very difficult to reach right. climax. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it definitely I need to have, like context is so important for mm-hmm. me um, and uh, feeling safe and secure, mm-hmm. um, which is actually one of the things I love about kink is there's mm-hmm. so much conversation and consent and stuff and just like, yes, you can beat me into a pulp. That sounds great. Um, and yeah masturbation is actually it's a really good question because I received zero sexual education I was going to ask about as well yeah so like when I was a teenager I was exploring um, Christianity and when I was um, when I was first experiencing like my first experiences of masturbation was I didn't really know what it was, but it felt good. Yeah. And I think I probably I think had that's my, everyone. Yeah, I probably I think I had my first orgasm when I was like twelve or something like oh, that. So when did you first masturbate then? Um, I think probably around the age of of, of twelve. Okay, that's so. that's quite young. I think yeah, I think oh. I was about the same as well though. Oh. Um. Because I was a relatively early developer when it came yeah. Yeah, I mean, I spent a lot of time alone in my room reading. So. <laughs> reading, yes. Yeah, yeah. Is, that, so is reading, that what they reading. call it in those days? Yeah, <laughs> yes, in South Africa. Yeah. No. Um, but then as I began to explore Christianity and there was a lot of that negativity around yeah, awesome. any sort of sexual pleasure. Any kind of pleasure. It, yeah, any kind of pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It actually was one of the things that led me into self-harm wow. was... Um, I would really struggle to control that urge to masturbate, of course, would yeah. then masturbate, and then self-harm because I felt like I needed to, to flagellate, to, to punish myself. Yeah. Or because like, God would have seen that and he would have been like, and in the and end. And now you just think about it when someone's watching that talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, when I think back on it, I'm like, that was, who, how did that happen? I don't know quite how that God got introduced into my life. Mm-hmm. Because now if I were to go back into, into something like Christianity, I'd be like, man, this God is amazing. Like he gave me, you know, like if I were to think about it in that sense, like there is a God out there for so many people mm-hmm. who would be like, you know, I gave you this pleasure so that you could experience it. You yeah. know, like it wasn't, 
Christianity. It was the social paradigm that I had been indoctrinated mm. into. Yeah, but then now, yes, masturbation, wonderful and amazing, but sometimes <laughs> it just takes me too fucking long and I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you get, you get on the phone, call up one of your boys and go, hey, hey you want to you come around or, or what? Or uh, girls? Yeah, no, 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 I'm just thinking about like, you want to come around? It's just like, get over here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. this this is going to... This is going to lead into what we're mm. going into. Yeah. Because I don't know your kinks off all that well. You came into the kinks in after I mm. sort of stopped going. Mm. Oh. Like, been, right. That makes sense. Like properly. Yeah. So I don't know too much about your kink, your kinky side mm-hmm. of things. Pass away. So you dominant, submissive, switch. So I'm a, I'm definitely a switch. Okay. Um. Hey, same. Yeah. Switch for low. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, and but I and haven't had an awful lot of opportunity to explore that part of myself. Hey, Shane. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yep. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, actually, could, actually, for this, I do need to ask: Have you actually seen my video of toys? Yes, 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 I have. Okay, I was good. just like, what? That's unfair. Oh my god, these are beautiful. Yeah. No, because that, that, that's a question I do ask, um, purely because, so people know a wee bit more about what I sort of do. I don't just want this to be one way. Oh, yeah. So yeah, definitely. The fact you've seen it, you sort of know what I'm Yeah, yeah. And I, I love how open you are about I'm it. And like. Probably one of the most open people yeah. when it comes <laughs> to this. And it's fantastic because I want to, I'm a bit of a Hermione in that, like, I want to do things right. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, with being dominant, I want to do it right. Mm -hmm. So I do my research Mm -hmm. and... Have you got a mentor? I don't. Okay. That might help. Yeah. And now you're staring at me quite intently. I can help. I'm more than happy to help. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because, like... But the the one thing that I won't do, and it's because of the Hermione thing that you've said here... Mm -hmm. Even though you hate Gryffindors. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, Hermione shouldn't be a Gryffindor. She should be a Ravenclaw. Anyway. <laughs> um, but she likes the glory still. And that's the thing that you don't like about yes. Gryffindors. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why I don't do rope. Oh. It's because I have this little Hermione combo. I have oh. the unfortunate thing of being a perfectionist and impatient. Oh, yeah, no, rope is not. Exactly. I, I've, got, I've, got, I've got some people that I, I yeah. do rope. With and play around yeah, I, I, for safety reasons, I won't. Okay, cool. And I think knowing that about myself is probably a good thing, and people should be learning that sort of thing about themselves yeah, before throwing themselves into everything the king has to offer. So yeah. I did try it. Yeah. And I found myself getting frustrated, and then not doing it correctly. Oh uh, yeah. Then yeah. Then and is then it, it doing anything for you? And is it doing anything? It, for it, that? It, I, I love looking at bondage. I love looking at bondage. I love the positions that you can put people into mm. when it comes to rope and all that sort of thing. It's beautiful. It really is a beautiful sight. Mm-hmm. And it's just I just not, can't do it. Yeah, it's not for you. And I, and I, I wouldn't mind bottling it. I've had no yeah. issues bottling it. Oh. I can't bottle it. Yeah. Practice the TK on this Yeah. Cool. I need to do more yoga though to become at least somewhat flexible. <laughs> I am the least flexible person <laughs> on the planet. My, this my, is where I want to like show off my my, my physio hates me so oh, much. Oh really? <laughs> I swear it. Because it's it's every week. Cause my physio is our my football team's oh, physio. Yeah. 
So every training session, I'm like, so I did this. Ah! Stretch! But ah. I did this. Stretch! <laughs> but this happened. Stretch! Yeah. Yeah, I've got almost like a compulsion around stretching in that, like, I do do a lot of yoga mm. and I love yoga. Um, it's something that I'm, that I'm really wanting to get into. Mm, well, but I will. The, the only concern that I have is, is my lack of time. Yeah, so. Like the time that I have is like, it will be Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And Fridays. Well, there is a fantastic woman on YouTube, Yoga with Adrian, mm-hmm. and there are ten minute videos. See, no, I need. Here's the thing with me: I need someone mm-hmm. to force me to, to go. Like, I'd rather go with oh, someone to go and okay. do something. Oh, instead of doing. So a, we can hold each other accountable for doing things and, oh, okay. and that sort of thing. All right. Or, yeah. or no, have no. someone come to me and go. All right, let's go. Yeah. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. Well, we can do some yoga after this, if you like. Why not? There you go. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, we, anyway. We, 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 we get off topic quite we a bit, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> so, back onto the kink side of things. Mm-hmm. What are you into? What do you know you're into at this point? Because obviously, there's, not, there's a lot of things you haven't explored. Yeah, so there's a lot of things like. So, there are a few things for me that when I think about it, it's, you know, um, it's not my yum. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so like, uh, bodily fluid, say. Mm-hmm. I, I think about it and I'm just like, yeah. Uh, like uh, a lot of cleaning up. Here's my one thing with that. Yeah. There's nothing more intimate yeah. than someone giving their blood. Oh, that, yeah, that okay, body, so. bodily fluid that is. Yeah. For me, it's just. So maybe that's, oh. maybe I should clarify. Oh. So like, uh, so, uh, pee and poop. Yeah. Not, I'm not interested. Yeah. No, no thank you. Um, but never mind. I think yeah, it's niche. Um, but yeah, blood I can definitely see. Like I would love to explore needle play. Um, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) I still have a whole bunch of needles at home. Um, yeah. So there's there's not a lot that when I think about it, I don't like. Mm-hmm. And but there's also very few things I have tried. But like other things. So what have, what have you tried? So I've tried uh, rope, um, candle, like wax play. Wax is good. Yeah, wax is just awesome. Wax is great. Fire massage. Fire massage. Fire massage. Oh. So you get your kerosene on a fire twirl. Yeah. You run it up the back probably by hand. Oh, oh, that sounds nice. So you get, yeah, you get I love the warmth of the of the fire, and then you've got the human mm. touch coming just behind oh, it. Oh, that sounds lovely. And that just wipes off any anything excess as well. Yeah, yeah, because I I do fire spinning yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, I knew and that, and that's what. Yeah, that's what I yeah, and I love uh, fire trailing mm. as well. Um, will very happily stick my hand into some kerosene and then light myself on fire, and yeah. they're like, hey. I used to do that as a kid with um deodorant. Oh, I've never done deodorant. So I'd spray a whole bunch of deodorant in my hand. Yeah. And then start trying to throw the people. Obviously, it's not going anywhere because it's it's not burning your hand; it's burning the yeah the, the chemicals on your hand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yep. Um. So you said. Yeah. What so. Else? What else? Uh. Yeah. So. Um. I remember it's not. Yeah. I'm also not. Um. Uh. But. What else have you done? Well, like, um, played a little bit with consensual non-consent with mm. yeah with. Yeah, uh, bonded with sens- sensory play, so um, removing removing, the removing senses. senses, and then really highlighting the others. Here's my favorite thing too with that is yeah. 
the blindfold for the eyes, mm. but then also noise cancelling. Yes, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Because usually, if you've got your eyes closed, yeah. your ears perk up, and yeah. you can hear sort sort of what's going to happen. Exactly. If you get yeah. rid of both, no idea. Yeah, and, and, just, then, and then from then yeah. it's just little cultures. I mm. with that I like doing that and then going with my violet wand. Ah, uh, yeah. See, I don't really understand what a violet wand is. Okay, I'm gonna have to show you at some point. Yeah, it's, it, it's, so it's basically just a little a wand, obviously. Yeah. That has a little electrode that comes out the end of it, and mm. if you hover it just above the skin, it sends a little electric oh, spark. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Like they used to use to like get those orbs. They're really popular. Yeah, yeah, like the plasma ball. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But it's not done by touch. If yeah. you touch, then you won't feel anything. It's got to sit just above the skin. And then that oh, cool. One of my favorite things to do is I've got steel balls as well. Yeah, I saw were, those in your video. Yeah, yeah, so they were made. They were actually made by Becky's other partner. Mark. Oh, I did Mark make them? Yeah, he oh. made them specifically for my hand. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to talk to Mark. Um, so <laughs> I like because the way that you can do it, you can have the current traveling through your entire body as well. So mm -hmm. if I hold on to the end of that. Right along the electrode path, the current's going through my body, and then oh. I can release it onto you with my other hand and Ooh. do it that way. So you've got you've oh, got wow, that, that physical touch thing, that physical oh. touch thing while There's you've got so many wonderful electro. things to explore. Exactly, exactly, and electro is my thing. Yeah, I fucking love electro. Becky mm. will tell you, uh, Price oh. will tell you, Mark will tell you, because I've played with all three of them when it comes to electro. Only li oh. only little things. Yeah. But yeah, if they've got a question around it, it's generally me that they come to. I'm not the biggest expert in New Zealand. I'm not the biggest in Christchurch, mm -hmm. but I still know a fair bit. But yeah, you're, it's one of your. Hmm. And it's one of those things where people come and say, I'm "Not sure about this," you know. I'm mm -hmm. not sure about the lecture I was seeing. It sounds being terrifying. Ah. And I just like, well, actually. <laughs> it can be because you can go all the way up to like using cattle pods and things like that, mm. which are far better to be used on humans than cattle. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, yep. it's a lot more it's a lot more fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then going from there. So again, I've taken away from what you were saying <laughs> around what you've done. Oh right! Oh yeah! Let's uh, yeah segue back. Um. Yeah, it's hard to kind of uh, think about like what I've done because I feel like I dab I've dabbled in, in mm. a few things but haven't like fully explored uh, many. Impact. Yeah, impact. Uh, like Both dropping and bottoming. Yep. Um and uh yeah, like strap-ons and uh yeah also yeah, like other is, toys this, like vibrators. This, this is a big thing for yeah. me and you brought it up before and yeah. we talked about it beforehand yeah. with the strap-on thing. Yes. Pegging has got to be one of oh. For me, like I recently came across the term. So there is something called uh, gender dysphoria, right? Mm -hmm. Where you look at your body and you're like, whose body is this? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's gender euphoria. Mm -hmm. um, and the first time I put on, because I only I only bought a strap on like a few months ago, because mm -hmm. I was like with a very straight partner and mm -hmm. I've mostly been a very straight guys. Mm -hmm. it's super fucking how how could you get more white male straight? What? <laughs> um <laughs> didn't know you guys existed. Uh <laughs> but um yeah so the first time I put on a strap on it was just uh, it was euphoric. This yeah. feeling of empowerment? Yeah, like I yeah, this is right. 
My next question is, what's on the bucket list? OMG, the bucket list is very long. I want to try everything. Have you got it all written down or what? Not really. I kind of like, well, I went through on Fit Life, I went through the like, uh, you know, like in, what I'm into, giving, yeah. receiving, everything about it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's just like, there's all sorts of things I want to try. Like, my top thing on my bucket list is to experience self space. Mm-hmm. And to give someone the experience. Yeah, like, the interesting one that is that's yeah. that's not physical. Yes. Which most people sit there and they go, they talk about kink and it's all about the physical side of it. No, no, no. For me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I keep coming back to me, and I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is a but, conversation. But this is this is a learning thing as well. Yeah. For me, mind fucking and that side of things is um, one of my favorite things. Oh, yeah. Um, and basically manipulating someone's mind consensually. Like yes. They know it's happening. And doing it in, in the right way is is such... It's so fucking hot to me. And the girl that I played with at that Phantom of the Opera, seeing that you yeah. saw, I had her to a point where I showed her two fingers, like, like I'm showing you now, and it was... She was on the edge. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm. See, that is fantastic. Mm. Like... That, um, that it's a very holistic. So, mm. okay. the, the, in- the interesting part of this is two fingers was okay, getting close to orgasm. A whole hand was um, okay, this is going to be an impact scene. Oh, yeah. And that put her into the mindset of going into some space. Oh, wow. Because I could just show that and she, and she, you could see physically, she just sort of fall back into herself. And, oh, that's beautiful. And yeah, I would love to. Someone. And she was in and subspace heavily that night because yeah. that was a very very heavy scene. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. It was a really heavy scene. Yeah. It was. If it had gone any further, it would have been over a limit. Mm. Yeah, it did. It, like yeah, it, it, it was very boundaries. very close to a limit. Mm. It was probably over what she'd done before. It was yeah. definitely more than what she'd done before. There's no two ways about that. But I was keeping in touch with her the whole time. Yeah. Would have seen course, kept going yeah. home to her, and so. And her drop after that was quite large. She broke mm. for, for a while. I had to get somebody else to look after her for a little bit mm-hmm. before I drove her home. Oh, okay. Um, just because it was it was intense. So she was on the couch. She was having cuddles with somebody else mm-hmm. while I was turning up the scene and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect her to after that. Yeah. Kind of and oh, and her yeah. subspace from that point and her high was so large and so great that. Mm, that- that drop. Yeah. And I must say that one of the things for me about subspace that one of the reasons why I want to give it to someone is to look after someone mm-hmm. afterwards. I will just, I love, I love that. Like mm-hmm. giving, you know, like it's a kind of a bit of a, in my mind, a, without, you know, having experienced it on either side, mm-hmm. a bit of a role reversal almost mm-hmm. in a way of like, you gave me everything, mm-hmm. and now I want to give you everything. What do you exactly. need? How can I, how can I care for you? And just for me, that is so beautifully intimate, and yeah. so romantic. Um, and so, giving like being submissive and giving your everything to mm-hmm. the dominant that you're with or on top of with that, as um, that is a really weird um, kind of feeling. 
two, two to go through. And as as a dominant in that situation as well, it's such a great feeling to be feeling that being given to you, mm. that submission and that sort of, yeah. you know, this person wants to give everything to me. Yeah, I love and that to me, there's nothing like there's no, it's so sexy mm. as well. Yeah. It's like you, you, it's so clear that you want me. Yeah. So, how did you find yourself getting into King? Um, a lot of it was sort of by <coughs> uh, slowly but surely realizing that I enjoyed pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The masochist in me really gets hit first, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> raise your eyebrows at me, sir. <laughs> Take me down the garden path of denim. <laughs> um, I don't know. It just it seemed to it seems like such a cop out to say it, but it did feel like it happened very organically. Yeah. Um, that's not a cop out, it's how it's happened. Yeah, so like. So this was with how old are we talking? So I think it was probably. Probably with my with my first boyfriend. Um, the one you were with at high school? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would have been probably about 19 or 20. Um, and so not long after years we started having sex really. Yeah, so probably about a year into okay. starting to have sex and um getting bitten. Mm-hmm. Um and like really enjoying that. And something and, animalistic about Yeah, it. and enjoying seeing like those marks the next day mm-hmm. as well. Um I know all about seeing marks. Yeah. And um Yeah, and I think probably Again, the person who's like, well, that's, that kinky, like mm-hmm. that, this is your, this is a community of people that you probably get into quite well, Becky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, she has encouraged many of that feel awakening. Definitely not a surprise that you two are friends. Yeah. In any way, shape, yeah. or form. You're both. She's my sister from another mister. Yeah, you're both very, very similar, and that's, mm. but different in your own yeah. ways as well, of course. Yeah. Um and yeah, I find both of you amazing anyway, so yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> that's that. Um have you gone through any negative things through your kink journey yet? I think the biggest things have been like not being accepted. Right. You know, so like um one of the people that I was with for a while, um I tried to explore uh, impacts play with them, something or like you know, like it, I wanted him to give me that thrill of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most accessible way to do that with him, about yeah, was spanking. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him to do that for me and he just didn't get it and he was very like I don't understand why you enjoy this there's, and a, there's an interesting thing about this I was on Tinder a while ago mm-hmm. and what got on got a had a Tinder date with this girl and it was fine I say date I went to her house 
<laughs> so the proviso of sex was probably there. It was very heavily implied in our messages and whatnot. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's do this thing. And she didn't even like the lights making. Oh, like nothing. Yeah. And I was full blown kink at this stage. Yeah. And I sat there and I was generally my genuinely my thought to myself was, what do I do? Yeah. I don't know how to do vanilla sex anymore. Yeah. Because Same, I, I like sorry. go straight into like biting people and they're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so being bitten is. Yeah. yeah. Is that something around that animalistic mm. sort of just. Mm. Uh, un, not uncouth, but untamed. Yeah. Sort of thing about mm. it. Yeah, I definitely enjoy being predatory mm. and, and, and like. Like feeling that kind of like prey. Mm-hmm. Oh no! What terrible thing is going to happen to me? Oh, gracious! Mm. <laughs> Nothing going through my name at all. Oh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I totally. Going through my name, through my mind. Uh, well, you know, get, definitely getting into that animalistic side of Okay, so moving on. Oh, no, one more thing to do with King. You use a different name during the game. I do. Why? What is it? Why? Partly, it's a little bit like those that um, the sense of um, putting on a mask Mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, When I use them in Phoenix, um, I'm able. I'm more able to um, to be a part of myself that has been squashed down by society, Mm -hmm. and I'm more able to sort of Rebel in that part so of it. So like life. a phoenix rising from the ashes. Yeah, yeah, and I've always like I've gone by the name of Phoenix. Like as a kid, it was a nickname. Right. Um, but pre Harry Potter, not <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just, I just, I also enjoy it. I enjoy, you know, like you don't get to know my real name, you know, like unless I want you to. So yeah. I've been. Chatting with a subby guy on on set life, and we keep trying to meet up, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, and he asked me what my real name was, and I was like, mm, I'm actually gonna, I don't want to tell you. And he was just like, Oh, okay, mm-hmm, that's fine. And I was just like, <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. Well, you have no choice in the matter. You're just going to have to accept it as fine. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. That's that that sort of power game yeah. sort of thing coming through. Because mm-hmm. exactly. do you know who it is? I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that creates that disparity there for for yeah. that exactly. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a lot about King now. Um, one last thing that I really wanted to touch on because we have been going for close to an hour and a half at this point. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is fine. I I love the the in depth talks that you can have on a longer podcast as opposed mm-hmm. to having to keep it to to a short one, which is why a lot of mine go for an hour and a half, an hour forty five. <laughs> just because I get interested and I want to keep talking. Yeah. So you are you in a, you're in a relationship at the moment, am I right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm dating a couple uh, like a few different people. Okay. Um, cool. We've yet to put labels. Yep, which is absolutely fine, yeah. right? So, the question, the real question I'm asking is, 
going coming on from that is mm-hmm. what do you need from your relationships? Okay. Do you need different things from different people? Do you want them all to be quite similar? Do you need kink from one and milk from another? What do you need? Or what I, what I feel do you like, like out of each? Yeah, so I feel like I definitely receive different nourishment from different people. Right. So um, I am quite a multifaceted individual, mm-hmm. you know, um, that I have a very broad range of uh, things that I enjoy and I'm very busy. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff. I know so, you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> And That's why it's taken us two months to try yeah. and <laughs> And um, so I definitely, like, I, I definitely struggle to have vanilla sex mm-hmm. now. So um, I do, I do need that from my partners, and I, uh, and, and like from everyone that I'm involved with, I need that. I need to. I, I need all of the cards to be on the table. Yeah. Um, communication is so important for me. If I don't know where I stand, I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Just no, nope, I'll step back. Um, so. Then this means I need to spill out my secrets. Hey. <laughs> oh yeah. That, 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 that's what you're trying to do here, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, Terry Motive yeah, at all. Of course not, of course. <laughs> um. So. I need to be mentally stimulated mm-hmm. by my partners. Um, and a sense of fun and whimsy is definitely mm-hmm. really important. And people can provide that to me in so many different ways. Like, um, It could literally be like, oh, let's go down to the park and do cutlets. Yes. Yes, some of my favourite things to do. Well, let's go out to the park and buy dogs to say hello to. See, I don't need to do that. I have a dog. Yeah. I haven't met your dog. You need to meet your dog. Haven't you? I haven't. Yeah, see, if your car hadn't broken down, you would have been. I would have. Just to make you feel even worse about the situation. <laughs> um, yeah, what's an example of one of the things you need from people? So, and, and this has come through quite a lot recently after breaking up with my most recent ex. Yeah. Is that I crave intimacy. And I was looking mm. at, the love, at the five love languages. Oh, yes. What applied to me more so than mm. others, so what, and it's yeah. that that touch and quality time are mm. the two main ones for me. Yeah, but there's nothing better for me than just sometimes just chilling in bed in the arms of a partner. Totally, just, oh yeah, I definitely need that. Like in, intimacy is my, my biggest thing, yeah. and that's part of the reason I've been struggling struggling mentally for the last yeah, the last since this breakup because I haven't had anything mm. like that. I'm not. I don't like being single. Mm. It's an odd feeling for me because I've always had some sort of something with someone. Mm. I don't have really anything yeah. at the moment. Yeah, my um mono like particularly for mm. mono friends of mine, um and like like for example, one of my flatmates, his girl faith is he and his girlfriend have been long distance for most of this year. Mm. And I have been very like, You are a great ape and you need cuddles. So come here and get some cuddles. And then there's me who will basically tap you to get cuddles. Yeah. It's because I give great cuddles. You do give great cuddles. So I get, it's because I'm a, a wee bit chubby. Yeah. It's, it's um, like a giant cuddly teddy bear mixed with a heat pump. 
Because <laughs> I'm always really warm. Yeah. I don't I don't get cold. I very rarely get cold. Oh man, I'm cold all the time. So this this yeah, is why so I'm I'm usually popular in winter. Oh yeah. As soon as it gets to summer, it's no get away. <laughs> so that intimacy, like if you don't have that in a relationship, it's going to be really hard to make it work. Yeah. Even if yeah. even with the polyamory side of things. Like, what? I would need let's I would need the intimacy from a primary partner. Okay, yeah. If you want to put primaries and secondaries and those like yeah. the person that I'm spending the most time with, I would need to have it from that. It's the yeah. most important one for me. Definitely. If I didn't have it from others, that's fine. I can yeah. I can deal with that because I'm still got somewhere to get it from. Yeah. But like without it, it's it, it's difficult. For me. Yeah, it's I totally get that. Yeah, I think it was one of the reasons why I started like my my Tinder looking thing is in part because I wanted to get self validation <laughs> and self esteem boosts and oh people people like me oh um, of course they do yeah. have you looked in a mirror have you seen what you look like have you seen who you are as a person no it doesn't necessarily mean it's logical no that's true <laughs> very very true yeah and I'm also very tall and I don't like that for the most part. Go into a club, and, which is which yeah. is kind of interesting because yeah. you know you've got the whole um, they look at models. Yeah, I know, I don't understand. Who are like six, six two, and, yeah. and you're like, okay. But see, the height thing in kink is a is a big thing for me as well. Oh. If I'm shorter, then you want to be more yeah. stubby. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely, I, I, I think that's fantastic. It's one of the things that's been very validating for me in the kink scene. It's just. There is this celebration of a part of me that is not celebrated elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I'll go to partner dance classes like Ciroc and people will actively avoid dancing with me because they I somehow demasculine no, with my whatever. Yeah. Take your misogyny but, elsewhere. And, 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 and for me, because I'm a relatively short adult male. Yeah. I'm 5'10", maybe 5'11", at a stretch. Oh, I think it's average. It's, yeah, it's yeah. about it. It gives me the ability a wee bit more to have both sides. The mm. more dominant oh, side right, and the more yeah. submissive side. Whereas I am like almost 6'1", mm -hmm. um, so taller than most people I meet. Yeah. yeah. In saying that though, I can sit, I could quite easily dominate a woman taller than me. Mm. Okay, well, that's good. I've done it before. I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, now look who's doing the eye. Huh? Should I like go home and come back with my toys? Or <laughs> I feel as though I should have brought them at this rate. <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> you know I'm cheeky. I know, I know. Doesn't mean I can't call you out on it. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, but yeah, so the main thing was I look at myself a lot. And yeah. what I need out of things, and what I don't get out of things, mm -hmm. it's all like, for example, jealousy and polyamory. I look at I look at what jealousy is, and break it down from there internally, and mm -hmm. why I'm feeling that way. Yeah, because jealousy is not an emotion. I'll say that so many times. Jealousy mm -hmm. is not an emotion. Like it's a cloud. No, it's it's a cloud, like a brainstorm. That has all of these offshoots that make up make it up, right? Okay. So you've got jealousy, but I'm you've got hate, hatred. Hatred is part of it. Yeah. So if you think of a brainstorm, right? Yeah. You've got the word jealousy in the middle. Mm -hmm. You'll have 
hatred, you'll have anger, you'll have sadness, you'll have jealousy, uh, you'll have fear of missing out, you'll have FOMO, you'll have yeah. all of these different things which all make up this storm that is jealousy. Mm. And that's the way that I view it. If you can look at jealousy and you sit there and go, why am I jealous? What am I feeling that's making yeah. me jealous? I think if it and you can like break a, it up into yeah. all of these little things and then you can work on those little things. Yeah, I think you it has like a neon sign of like, mm. there is something here you need to pay attention to. Yeah, exactly. And most people go, I can't do it because I get jealous. And that's uh, the end of it. I came across something the other day that I love. I wish I remember where it came from. But um, they were saying that uh, why is it that uh, it is okay in a relationship to be jealous, but not okay to be jealous at work, with your friends, in your sports mm. team, um, in your family. You can't, you know, like, you're jealous of your brother? Get over it. You're mm. jealous of the the shooter in your nipple team? Get over it. You're jealous that your lover is hanging out with a male friend? Oh, yeah, no, I can totally understand that. What? Mm. Riddle me this, though. Mm. Jealousy. Yeah. In, in that instance where your partner's off to somewhere, off somewhere else with a friend or whatever, is it actually jealousy? Is it... Yeah, but that's that's when is like, it protectiveness? Yeah, so because je- jealousy is wanting something you don't have. Ah, mm. uh, somebody else has got something you don't like, have. I think it's more protectiveness of your. I think that's getting. I think that that this that in particular is getting more into the a, a philosophical side of things that will take us off on like another track. Yeah, and we'll be here for another two hours. I'm gonna bring you back. We're going to be here for another two hours talking about that if we did. Um, but, yeah, like, like we said, we've been talking for over an hour and a half now. Yeah. Um, which is great. But absolutely also. fantastic. <laughs> Pro- probably about time to, to wrap it up um, at this point. Thank you so, so much for coming on and speaking mm-hmm. to me. I'm glad we finally did me too. get around to it. Me too. great. Yeah. Um, we've had some great discussions mm. during this, which have been really important. I've learned a lot about you. You've learned a lot about me, I think, I hope. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, again, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for putting the effort into making it. I've been enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm a girl you're thinking about. The one thing you can live without. Yeah, I'm the girl you've been waiting for. Have you down on your knees? You probably thought I wouldn't get this far You thought I'd end up in the back of a car You probably thought that I'd never escape I'd be a rider to kite and be a slave to this place You don't know how hard I fought to survive Waking up alone when I was left to die And you don't know about this life I've led All these roads I walk, all these stairs I Okay, so that concludes today's episode of the ASLAP podcast. Thank you very much for for listening in and and listening to what Shan had to say and what I had to say in our discussion and obviously the music that came as part of it as well. I always enjoy including the, the music. I have gone for a bit of a different style today in that I haven't um, included the background music uh, just due to some feedback from people and whatnot. So that's uh, something a little bit different. So. Yeah, um, really, really happy. 
with how that went. Uh, really, really good to talk to Shan. Like I said, she's just an amazing human being in every sense of the word. So that's always a great time talking to her. Thank you all for listening. And like I said, you can talk to us on the socials, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the ASLUP Podcast, or email us at the ASLUP Podcast at gmail.com. Also, like I said earlier, we do have C from the Swinging Down Under podcast on next week. So that'll be a lot of fun. And coming up will be my Q&A session as well. So keep tuned, keep looking for that, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much for listening.